Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Praise God. I tell you, it's amazing what happens when you pray for the power and not just try to put together a production. Amen. Amen. It's all about the power of the resurrected King. And man, if you haven't felt and experienced him today, then uh, you better check your pulse or have your neighbor check your pulse because something is not clicking this morning. And thank you all again for being here with us here at Connections Church. Belmont, if you haven't already, grabbed your handout and uh, take a look at the back of it. On one side is some great opportunities to get connected at our church website, which is the main hub of everything going on, connectionschurch.church, all our connect group information, children's inter- information, our student ministry information, all that's there, and so many opportunities for you to get connected on the other side is a handy place to take some notes, and I want you to do that with me this morning as we follow along in God's Word. If you have your Bibles, turn over to John chapter 15. We're going to be looking at the first section of that powerful chapter, and let me just ask this question of all the men in the room. How many men in this room? Raise your hand. Some of you need to check your man card. I, I don't know. You're, you're wondering, should I raise my hand? If you're a man, raise your hand up. Let's, okay. There you go. That's better. How many of you men have ever wooed a lady? You've, you've went after her. You wanted to, to date her. You wanted to be engaged. You wanted to marry that girl, whatever the case may be. And so you put on your romantic shoes and, and in your romantic mindset, you thought, I know what I need to do. I'm going to go buy this beautiful young lady some beautiful flowers, Right? So you marched yourself on down to the Walmart floral section, and you found that $9.99 bouquet of fresh-cut, beautiful, colored flowers, and you bought those things, and you went and you put them in a vase, because for $9.99, you ain't getting a vase, right? I mean, that's a little bit extra. So you found a vase in your mom's, you know, kitchen somewhere in some shelf, and, and you put that stuff in, you know, the little packet of stuff that comes in it. You sprinkled all that in the water like you're supposed to, and you presented them to her, and mm-mm-mm. That's when the magic happens, right? She just falls madly in love. This guy brought me flowers. But, but it's kind of interesting. Even after just a few days, what happens to those beautiful flowers? They aren't so beautiful anymore. I mean, that vibrant red and yellow and and pink and, you know, all those beautiful colors of creation that were once displayed there in that floral arrangement are kind of brown and wilty and drying up. And But I sprinkled the stuff in the water, and it's only been three days, but that sprinkle ain't just ain't going to cut it for, for too long, right? Why is that? Why does that happen to things that were alive and all of a sudden, after just a, a few days, they're, they're not anymore. Well, if you know anything about growing things, and, 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 and if you're a gardener at all, or maybe you, you have that green thumb we talk about, you know that there is only life when connected to the vine, right? That's it. And once it's been cut away from that, once you disconnect the life source, then what what happens automatically. Actually, death happened at that moment, right? It just took a little while to see the signs of decay 
in the flowers. So if, if you have your Bibles, we're going to talk today. We're in this study called I Am. We're looking at some of the I Am statements that Jesus himself made. And today we're going to talk about, in my opinion, one of the most important I Am statements that Jesus made to us in John chapter 15. If you're following along, take a look at what he says, beginning in verse 1. I am the what? True vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, talking to his disciples and us today who are Christ followers. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. He says again in verse 5, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do how much? How much? you got to be kidding me. I mean, without Jesus, I, I can't do a thing? Is that what the Bible is telling us here? That's kind of shocking to a lot of us in this room and outside of it. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my words, get that, mark that in your Bible, my words, abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear a little bit of fruit so that, what? Oh, you got to be kidding me. It, it, your Bible says much fruit? Okay, I'll go with yours. My, mine says it too. I'm just messing with you here. So you'll get it. You will bear much fruit so you will be what? my disciples. Now notice again, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are what? The branches, if you remain in me or abide in me and I in you, you're gonna bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. That statement alone is, is very dramatic to me and I, I think it would be to you. If you think about it, if you stay with me, he's saying, and I'm in you, you're gonna bear a whole lot of fruit, very much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. That is powerful. That should be impactful to every single one of us. Here we see an incredible picture of exactly what Christianity is all about. It's about being connected to Jesus. And I'm going to give a prize to the first person who can tell me where we got the name Connections Church from. God spoke it to us. What's it all about? It's about this right here. Being connected. Linda, you'll get the prize. I haven't figured out what that prize is yet, but I've got... I've got about 20 minutes or 30, so it'll be a good one. Just trust me. This is what this church is all about, connected to God and one another, right? Because if you think about it, that's the first two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as what? As yourself. Be connected to him and be connected to one another. That's why we, we just push so hard that you get involved with connect groups, that you do life together, that we aren't just doing life in these rows here, but we're all about circles. We're all about forming those relationships, being bonded together. When somebody's hurting, we rally around them. When we're hurting, they rally around us. We get to know each other, and we grow together, and we do life together, and we are literally connected one to another through Christ Jesus, our most important connection. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing right here. And it is super important for us to fully realize that we are experiencing what I believe in these last days to be this great falling away that the Bible speaks of in, in, in numerous places. So many Christians 
It's amazing. So many Christians and even Christian leaders, quote unquote, are, are not only walking away from Christ, the connection, the vine, but so many are going to the, to the point of making public declarations about, I'm abandoning my faith. I'm walking away from the church. I'm done with Christianity. And it is sickening to hear and read and see this happening more and more. It's what Matthew 24, 24 warns us about when Jesus said that false Christ and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, there's a lot of people that might argue and say, well, God's people can't be deceived, can they? That just can't happen. Once we're in him, we're protected, we're covered, and all that stuff. You remember a couple a long, long time ago, a little bit before your time, by the name of Adam and Eve? They were placed in the garden. Everything was perfect. They were walking in relationship with Christ, God, and he put them there, and he would come down the cool of the day every day and spend time with them in relationship and fellowship. And guess what? One day, they were at the tree they weren't supposed to touch, and somebody else was there and kind of did what? Deceived them into partaking of the one thing that God said, stay away from. Folks, deception has been happening since the beginning of, of mankind here on this earth, and it hasn't stopped. I know this isn't popular today to talk about, but <laughs> we're not called to be popular. I'm not called to preach a popular message that is sweet sounding in the ears of those who hear it. What I'm called to preach and what every preacher of the gospel is called to preach is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the whole counsel of God's word. And his word tells us, be careful, be aware, especially in these last and closing days of history as we know it, because the deceiver is out working as diligently as he can to try to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's doing a pretty good job with so many right now. And it's heartbreaking. Deception is destroying so many lives and ministries. It's ripping our nation apart, separating so many Christ followers from the true vine, Jesus Christ. And in this I am statement, Jesus is literally saying, I am your source, I am your supply, I am your life. Apart from me, there is nothing but death and emptiness, emptiness period, nothing else. There is nothing away from me and apart from me. Don't separate yourselves from me. Abide in me. So please understand this. First thing on your outline there, very quickly, number one, the audience is them and us. And we've got to understand the context a little bit because in this passage, Jesus once again has his first disciples right there close with them. And this all started back in John 13 when he instituted the, what we know as the Lord's Supper, this kind of prep talk, as I, I put it here in my notes. And you might want to write that down under section one. Jesus gives a preparation talk to his original disciples, trying to get them ready for what's about to happen. And that is his death and his resurrection and his ascension. He's saying, guys, listen to me. I need you to understand this. I'm not going to be right here with you physically for very much longer. I'm going to get you ready so you can turn the world upside down and go out and be the men of God I have called and created you to be but I want you to know that this is about to happen I'm about to be crucified I'm going to raise again on the third day and then I'm back home to be with the father to get a place ready for who for all of you but I need you to understand the process that's happening here and in this discourse over the next number of chapters before he is taken away and crucified this is a part of that section where he says listen to me I need you to get this 
And that audience, that original audience of those disciples gathered around him in that intimate moment there that he's pouring his heart out and his last and closing statements to them. He is telling them, it is of extreme importance that you understand, I am your source. I am the only true vine. There are going to be a lot of other vines that are going to come to you deceptively and say, hey, connect to me and you'll have everything you want. I am here and I can give you your wildest dreams and imaginations. Don't listen to them. Focus. Get it today. Understand, he's saying to them, I implore you, please don't ever sell out. Apart from me, there is nothing for you out there. It's emptiness, it's hopeless, it's death, it's decay. There's nothing else there in this world. I know because I created the world. And the heavens, me and my dad, we, we put all this together. And if you fast forward some 2019 plus years, this message that Jesus poured out to those Original disciples, he's pouring out to us right now and saying, understand what I'm saying to you today. There's a lot of glittery, glittery, shiny things out there that will entice and pull and draw you and will tell you this will fulfill you. This will complete you. This will give you all of life's happiness and joy that you'll ever need if you'll just come and give your life to this. Don't buy the lie. So understand very clearly today, they were the, the audience. We're the audience. We're the ones that he is speaking to right now in this holy moment. Please know that Satan, the deceiver himself, is always looking to sell us on a bill of goods that are worthless compared to the priceless glory and majesty of being connected to Jesus Christ, our only source of life. Please realize that this message is for every one of us in this room and outside of this room here in today's world. And secondly, understand how powerful the warning is that Jesus is giving here. The Bible says that when we accept God's great salvation through Jesus' sacrifice, that we are grafted into the vine. Don't you love that? I'm a part of the family of God. I've been grafted into the vine. I've been made a son or daughter of the Most High God. That's what happens. We are joined to Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection. And now we are living branches connected to him, the only true vine. By God's gracious love and action. It's the Jesus connection, that vital vine and branches connection by which we have become alive, living branches. I'm alive today. How about you? Somebody nearby you alive this morning? Ask them and see. Are you living through and in Jesus Christ? And now that we are branches, the main thing for branches to do is simply what? Remain connected to the vine. The branches draw their life from the vine, so it is vital, absolutely necessary that they abide in the vine. They remain connected. Abide in me, Jesus said, and I will abide in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it's abiding in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me bears much fruit. There is no life or fruitfulness in us unless we remain connected to Christ. So if we let ourselves get disconnected, our life is necessarily forfeited. It's, it's gone. We are, we are doomed. I mean, that's the, the, the latter part of that, that section of Scripture where Jesus says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, and they are what? 
thrown into the fire and burned. This is a sobering warning to us that connection to Jesus is everything, right? It's everything. You're not going to hear a lot of this preaching anymore. As a matter of fact, I've heard hell talked about a couple times this morning. I've I've heard sin talked about a couple times this morning. You go to most churches today and those are on the list of do not use any longer words. We don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to upset anyone. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I'm here to tell you what Jesus told us 2,000 plus years ago, that disconnecting is deadly. If we remove ourselves from him, we are placing a death sentence upon our lives is the bottom line of what he's conveying here. Do you understand that this morning? Do you grab a hold of that? That he is the only way to have eternal life. It's only in him. So we've got to understand that this is the most important connection in your life. Some of you may be on a dating app. Out there searching for that perfect mate. On whatever is out there now, about five billion to choose from probably in in this day and time. You're looking to make that perfect connection in romance and love and that type of relationship. But guess what? That pales in comparison to the connection to Jesus Christ for all of us. Now, now, remember with me here, Jesus talked about bearing fruit, bearing much fruit, being, being a producer of fruit. So what kind of fruit is he, is he talking about? Now, plain and simple, through the years, a lot of people have kind of thought, well, it's the gifts of the Spirit. It's how many people we win to Christ or how much we have prophesied in his name or various other good works that we've accomplished. Hey, we never missed a day of Sunday school in our lives. I got pins to prove it. I was, I was there for 53 straight years, perfect attendance in, in church and that kind of thing that, that people will kind of say, those are the fruits of righteousness. And he's talking about the, the fruit that we're going to bear if we're connected to him, but that's not necessarily what this passage is talking about. Talking about something found in the book of Galatians chapter 5, I believe it is, called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about. He said, if you abide in me, in Galatians 5, and 23 actually is where those found, then you're going to produce the following fruit in your life. Now, look at me for a moment and do this with me. As I read through this list very quickly, evaluate how these things are, are growing in your life, how, how healthy and strong these, these areas are uh, called the fruit of the Spirit. Just kind of see, and, and let me ask you to do something a step further. Don't just you evaluate it. Right now, take a moment and say, Lord, you come and you evaluate how these fruit are growing in my life, how, how these attributes, these characteristics of you are showing up in me. Because you know what? We like to grade on the curve when it comes to us, don't we? I can say, well, you know, I'm not doing that bad in that area. When really, you're, you're, it's terrible. So, so just do that with me. Here is the list found in the book of Galatians. Number one in the top above all is love, right? How loving are you? I'm not talking about that romantic love that you poured on to your wife, your husband, whatever, you know, all that flower stuff and chocolates. And I'm talking about the love of Christ Look at me right now. It's that lay your life down type of love. It's that love that says, not me, but you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve my neighbor. I'm going to give my life away kind of love. How is that love in your life? Are you a selfish person? Do you like to love yourself? Forget everybody else. I I don't know. I'm just asking. But it's going to be love. It's going to be joy. How is your joy? 
And I'm not talking about just temporary happiness that depends on conditions and circumstances being okay. You walk outdoors and the weather's great and, and your car starts right up. Your air conditioner's working in your car and, and everything's, you know, hunky-dory, zippity-doo-dah and all that stuff. And you're happy. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when your whole world collapses, when everything is falling apart, you lost your job, your, your dog, you know, died, and, and your truck ran into the gutter just like a good old country song, and still you've got the joy of the Lord because that stuff can't touch what's inside of us. And that is that connection with Jesus that says, no matter what happens in this life, I got your back, I'm not going anywhere, and we're going to make it through everything you face, and one day you're coming home to be with me forever. That joy that just pushes us and carries us and moves us and will not let us be stopped no matter what the world throws at us. That's what I'm talking about. The joy of the Lord that we talked about last week for a couple of moments. That is our strength, our sustenance, our everything, our power. How's your joy? How's your peace? Are you a peaceful person or do you find yourself in conflict? Do you find yourself in turmoil? Do you find yourself in, in inner, inner worry and, and, and struggle and, and, and stress and all that stuff? Jesus said to us, my peace I give you. A peace that will guard your hearts and minds. In me, Christ Jesus, I'll be the guard at the door of your mind. I'll be the guard at the door of your heart. And I'll keep all that stuff that wants to rip you up and tie you in knots. I'll keep it away from you so that you can live in perfect peace. As the Bible describes it, that peace that passes what? Whoop! All understanding and guards our hearts and minds. So I'm talking to some people in this room and outside of it right now. How's the peace in your life? Because it's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. He also talks about patience. <laughs> you want me to stop there for a minute or not? Let me just keep on whoop going. Because you're struggling with that a little bit. Because I know I do. Hey, it's church, right? Be honest. That's one of the top ten. Tell the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes I don't have the most patience. And I say, Lord, help me. And you don't want to pray that prayer. Because what happens, he starts sending opportunities for you to grow in patience. You're like, stop helping me. Well, anyway, let's just move on. Kindness. Are you a kind person? I mean, truly kind. You, you, kindness is, is described as you being the kind of person people are just drawn to because you're just, you're just kind. In a world full of jerks, it seems right now, be that ray of sunshine of kindness and goodness kind of follows along with that and faithfulness. How faithful are we to the Lord, to his kingdom, to his, his righteousness, to his love, to his life, to, to him and to, to those around us that, that we are committed to in different relationships. What about gentleness? Some of you are about as gentle as a 50-pound barbell hitting the floor. Others really get it. And you just have that that meekness and that, that warmth to you that, that just deals with people in that gentleness and caring way and, and loving way. And then the last one that's given, which is certainly not to be last on the list, is self-control. And man, that one plays out in so many areas of our lives. But I'm telling you, if you're struggling with self-control right now in any of those ways, the Holy Spirit can come in and help you find victory and gain self-control. Self-control is saying no to the things that, that will not honor God and saying yes to the things that will. Does that make sense? And the Holy Spirit helps us to be able 
to not only say I'm going to do it, but to follow through and do it. So let me ask you this question right here. <laughs> How fruity are you? <laughs> Some of you, let's, let's just not answer that. But you know what I'm saying. How much fruit are we seeing produced in our lives? I tell you, when you go through this list, you come to the conclusion that this fruit is only going to be produced in us by being connected to the true vine and full of God's beautiful Holy Spirit, the fruit producer. The truth is, you can tell a tree by its fruit. And the trees of righteousness that are grafted into the vine of Jesus Christ are going to be producing that stuff right there. We're going to see love and joy and peace and, and patience and kindness and goodness and, and gentleness and self-control evident in our lives. And you know what? We're not going to have to do, you're not going to have to take out a magnifying glass and say, do I see any at all? Because, man, I'm struggling right here with your life and, and I, I need to see if I can find some. No, it's going to be some big stuff. I remember the first time I went out to California for some meetings years ago with the organization I used to be with, and we stayed in this, this hotel, and we got in at night, and we didn't get to see everything in its beauty and splendor in the daytime sunshine as we got in. So when I, when I got some sleep that night, woke up the next morning, I walked out onto the balcony of my room, and when I walked out, staring me in the face was an orange tree. How did I know it was an orange tree, you ask? Big old California oranges hanging all over that thing, man, just staring me eyeball to eyeball. I was like, man, don't see that kind of stuff in North Carolina. <laughs> I know I sound like the hick to them, too, big time. Like, hey, dude, man, where you from, man? You know, what's up? We're out here in the left coast, and I don't, I don't know. what you're, Are you an alien? Are you from Mars? We will see the fruit of the Holy Spirit evident. As, as Jesus put it, you will bear a little bit of fruit, Right? How much was it, Joe? Mucho fruit. Much fruit. Abundance of fruit. Church, that's what God is desiring to produce in our lives. Are you fruitful or fruitless? And then the cost of unfruitfulness, again, is, is too great. Being cut off, being thrown into the fire. Now, please understand there's a big difference between pruning and cutting off. He did say, hey, every, every branch that's producing, my father's going to prune and, and, and cause it to produce what? More fruit. How many of you would like to elevate your fruit game <laughs> after today? Actually, don't wait till after today, starting today. How about that? You want your fruit game to just keep growing and growing. You want to see your life abound in love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness and kindness and, and all those things, self-control. You want to see it just grow more and more. Well, the way that that happens is through pruning. Now we're talking about something different being cut off completely and thrown in the fire and being done away with and, and losing life itself. And we're talking about saying, Lord, you come and trim off branches. I remember the very first church that God allowed me to pastor. When we took over, we followed a man who was an awesome man of God. He had been there 35 years, and I was uh, the rookie coming in. I've been a youth pastor for 10 years, and you know how messed up youth pastors are, right? <laughs> And I come in, and I believe in God. I had this vision. I'm like, here's what God's calling us to do. We're moving in some new directions. I knew we weren't supposed to move too fast, but we got to make some changes and start down that track. And I remember that we went from about 135 down to about 112 in just a couple months. And I was like, okay, Lord, this isn't fun. And I remember the words that God spoke to me some 30 years ago when he said, don't grieve when they leave. I'm pruning this church, snip, snip, so that new growth can come. 
Nine years later, we see God move over 600 people in the church, multiple services every Sunday, man. God doing great things, lives truly being changed. It's not about numbers. It's about lives seeing God come and the holiness of God touch a life and change it from the inside out. Listen, folks, pruning is necessary, but also please understand this. The pruning process can be what? Painful. Cutting away the the old things so that new life can come. But understand it's totally necessary might be asking, well, there are those dead branches that aren't producing. The life is gone. They're cut away and thrown into the, to the fire. How, how does that happen? Well, basically, you've got three different things warring against you. You've got the devil. You've got this world that he's kind of in charge of right now. And you've got your own selfish, sinful flesh pulling at you, which all three are kind of connected and tied together. And they're all trying to cut you off from your Jesus connection. Damage our faith. Chop away at that relationship. And pretty soon, we're in danger of being detached and disconnected. When people, and this is how the process takes place. And believe me, I, I know. I've watched it for a long, long, long time now. When people begin to distance themselves from church, when they stop going to connect group, when they stop reading their Bible, when they stop praying, when they stop worshiping God, when they get weaker and weaker in the faith, guess what? Eventually, if you don't feed that dog, it's going to die. But if we feed the spirit man or woman inside of us the things that nourishes and strengthens that, then guess what? We're going to grow and we're going to produce much fruit. I've seen it happen too many times. You look around this room. If you don't believe me, there's a number of people that aren't here this morning that used to be here. And guess what? It's not just in this church. It's in every single church across America and around the world. It's people that get distracted. It's people that get disconnected. It's people that lose heart, that lose interest, that the enemy begins to pull them away. And if they don't stop that process and turn things back around and pray, God, come and revive my life. Set me on fire again. Give me that passion for you, Christ that I once had. Give me the joy of my salvation again, God. I don't want to lose this. I don't want to walk away from you. If they don't pray that prayer, then guess what? They're gone. There's a number of them gone from this body. It's nothing that you did or didn't do. Nothing I did or didn't do. I learned a long time ago, people are grown people. And they make their own choices. And as much as you plead with them, encourage them, preach to them, give them a phone call, write them a card, send them a note in this day and time text, email, carrier pigeon back a few years ago, whatever you do, look at me. They still got to have the want to inside them. They still got to have that hunger and desire for righteousness and the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, if you don't, if you find that waning in your life and growing dim, then guess what? You pray, you seek God, you cry out to him, renew the joy of my salvation. God, come and light my life on fire again. Because that's exactly how it happens. That branches that were once alive die out. Connection to the vine is the most critical thing in life. And lastly, today, I ask you personally right now, you as an individual, Because your mama can't answer for you, your daddy can't answer for you. Your grandma, your grandpa, they can't do it. But I'm asking every one of us, as you close your eyes for just a moment with me, this one question. Are you in your own life right now connected 
to Jesus Christ, the one and only true vine from God the Father. Because Jesus is literally saying, I am your source and your supply, and apart from me, there is no life. I don't care what Hollywood has promised or promoted. I don't care what anybody else has tried to sell you on. Apart from Jesus, there is nothing. And as Jesus said, it's all about abiding in him, which literally translates to remain connected to him. The true vine brings true life. I ask you that question once again with your eyes closed for just another moment. If you're in here or you're out there hearing me somehow, right now I ask you, in your life, are you connected to Jesus? Are you bearing much fruit? Is your life in him grafted in the vine? If you're not, if you're not sure, if you don't know what's happening in your life right now, would you just lift up a hand as I look across this congregation say pastor pray for me right now I I don't want to be away from him he is everything I need him desperately yes ma'am how many others yes ma'am just lift your head yes sir how many others just lift your hand up and say yes yes thank you thank you who else most important thing of life right here this one question are you found in Jesus Christ as a part of his life anybody else just raise your hands for just another moment anyone else thank you Anyone else? Here's what I want to ask. I want to ask everyone to stand to your feet across this room right now. There's another area that I want to, want to mention as we pray that, that the Lord just pressed me on, and that is what kind of fruit's coming from your life? Are you producing the fruit of the Spirit as God has charged us to? as we belong to him, as, as, as he produces. He is the, the producer. He and the Holy Spirit bring that in our lives and through our lives. How about you this morning? Are you struggling in some areas? Maybe it's the love. Maybe it's the gentleness. Maybe it's the self-control. I don't know. You do. God's been dealing with your heart. If, if you're in this room right now and you would say, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm struggling in some areas of fruit that, that definitely needs some improvement. Would you just raise your hand as well so I know better? How to pray for you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Anybody else? Just throw your hand up there. Don't be ashamed. This is your time, as Pastor mentioned earlier. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joe and Terry. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I want to ask. I want to ask our, our pastoral team to come and stand with me right here, right across the front of this church. And I want to ask all of you, all of you that raised your hands for anything. Maybe you didn't, but you know you need something right now from God in the area of being connected and producing much fruit. Maybe your fruit level is just a little bit off and you're saying, I want to up my game. I want to see these things just come alive fully in me and produce everything that I'm supposed to as a child of the king, as a branch of the vine. Would you just come now as well? Those of you that raise your hands, would you just come and, and let us pray with you right now for just a moment? Come on. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on. It's your time. Come on. Right now. Move. Move out of your seats. Move from where you are. Find one of these pastors right here at the front of this church and just join with them right now as they begin to pray with you and for you. Would you come now? Some of you may want to come and pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Would you just make your way down right now and begin to rally around these folks and join with them this morning? And I want to ask everyone else to just do this right now as you're, you're about to pray with us. I want you to just raise your hands up in the air in an act of surrender. Well, I know we do this every once in a while, but and you might think there's nothing to this. There's, there's something to it. It's a physical, symbolic act of what's going on in our hearts 
And we're not ashamed to lift up our hands and say, Jesus, we surrender fully and completely to you. We give you honor and reverence and worship right now. God, I thank you that there's some folks in this room and there's some that are going to be watching and listening to this, not only today, but the days ahead that are saying, you know what? I don't know that I'm connected, but I am not going to live like this any longer. Today is my day. God, I need you. Bring your salvation to my life, God. Make me a part of the family of God. Graft me into the vine. That is God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God, I need you. I want you, and I accept you today. Father, thank you for these that have made a move this morning. Thank you for these that that raised their hands today, and maybe they didn't come up front, but right now, standing in front of their seats right now, you're doing a work in their lives that is going to be eternal right now. Right now, they've made decisions, and they're inviting you to come and do in their hearts and lives what you desire to do. Right now is a pivotal day in history for this church, God. I believe it with all my heart because you're raising the level of expectation, of understanding, God. We went to your word again as we do every week, and your word has brought life to us today, understanding to us today, realization to us today that there is only life in you and through you, God. And there's only fruitfulness, God, as we remain connected, as we abide in you and you abide in us. And that's our declaration. That's our decision right now. And I thank you that this is going to be a church producing much fruit as a body, as well as individuals, God. We are connected together. And I thank you for those new folks that have come today and that are visiting with us. And we have visitors every week. And I just pray right now, you'll settle some things in their hearts, God. If they belong here, God, you establish that. If you have another place for them to go and join and be a part of as a body of believers, you establish that, God. Whatever it is, God, we want what you want. Not only for our regulars, but those who are with us today, our guests. We just pray blessings upon them in abundance, God, that you would just bring strength and comfort and encouragement to their lives, God, as you're doing every one of ours right now, God. Lord, we understand this, and we pray for a repentance to take place. As as has been going on in the last couple of moments in this room, but I pray for a repentance in the church of Jesus Christ as a whole, the big C church today, God. I pray for revival to sweep that those who have been wavering in their faith, those who have even come out and said, I am departing from the faith, God. I pray that you would draw them back with your loving kindness, that your hand of salvation is not so short that it cannot reach where they are at right now. And I pray that the glory, the glory of God in his church, his bride, would shine bright and beautiful in these closing days as we know them here on this earth, God before you take us home to be with you for eternity. Thank you. Thank you for loving us that much. And I just ask one more thing. Would you take the hand of somebody nearby you right now in an act of agreement? We're going to worship God together as our, our, our amazing team leads us one more time in song. But I just pray that you connect with somebody right now. God, help us. Help us to help each other. Help us to love each other. Help us to live in connection with you and one another as a body of believers, as a church of Jesus Christ. Help us realize that we're not just in this by ourselves, God, that we are called to live as family, together in you and through you, God, connected to one another, doing life and bearing fruit. God, help us to grab a hold of that. As we worship you in song one more time this morning, we do so with everything that's in us. Give it up, church. Don't hold anything back in this closing song this morning. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.